not once but twice in today's rather obscure gospel, Jesus says these sobering words. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. If you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. How is that for a marketing piece, right? Um, in fact, we shouldn't be surprised when Jesus called people to repentance. The very first word out of his mouth when he began his public ministry after his baptism, the first word was what? Repent and believe in the gospel. So it should not be a surprise to us when Jesus says straightforward things like repent. Now, two weeks ago at this Mass, we began Lent, the first Sunday of Lent. And I mentioned that the first half of Lent, so from Ash Wednesday until halftime, the church offers us a very specific focus. And the focus right now, and we're still in the first half, I know some of us are wondering, when is this Lent thing going to end? We're not even to halftime yet, okay? We're not even halfway there. But the first half continues to be the focus of conversion. The church wants you and I to be focusing on our own personal conversion during the first half. We'll get to halftime next week, all right? And so it's a little bit of a checkpoint for all of us on Lent, see how we're doing, and to know that we got a long ways to go. So don't get discouraged. And if we need to pick up on a few things, there's still plenty of time to do so. Now, I began by focusing on this word, first repent, but then I also said the word conversion of heart. What's the difference? What's the difference between somebody who repents and somebody who converts? Well, the word repentance, we usually think about asking for forgiveness, right? I repent of having done something wrong. I say what I did was wrong. And then conversion is oftentimes seen as a kind of change of life, right? I converted from my former ways. We might think of St. Augustine, for example, who was living a certain way, who is now converted. What's interesting about those two words, repentance and conversion, is that in the original language that these Gospels were written in, the word is the same. To repent and to convert, actually, in the biblical text, means the same thing. All right? I've said this before. I only took three years of Greek in seminary, and I learned one word, and it's the word I'm going to share with you right now. Okay? The word in the original Greek language for repent and convert, when Jesus said repent, the word is metanoia. Meta. Think of metamorphosis. To, to change one's form. So the word meta means change. Metanoia is the Greek again. The word noia is the word for mind. So when somebody repents or converts, the word that Jesus is using is, hey, change your mind. Change the way you think. Now, how often when you hear me shouting about repentance or conversion, do you think about the mind? Oftentimes when we think about conversion, what do we think of? Change your life, right? Quit being a schlubba. If you're wondering what a schlubba is, they're all from Emmons County, okay? 
Just kidding. Change your life. Actually, we got to take this back one step further. Change the way you think. So if we're being called to repentance during the first half of Lent, if we're being called to conversion in the first half of Lent, what it means, everyone, is we're being called to change the way we think. Okay, clear enough. One of the places that many of us, myself included, may need this change of mind is the way we see and understand God. In today's first reading, Exodus chapter 3, Moses and the burning bush, is not just one of the most famous texts in Scripture. It's actually one of the most important texts that we have to get this right because actually what this text tells us is a proper understanding of who God is, not according to who we think God is, but according to who God has revealed himself to be. So you might be sitting there right now saying, Father, I don't need conversion. I can think of a lot of world leaders who need conversion. I'm the last guy who needs it. Everyone needs it. And again, it's this change of mind, especially regarding who God is. So let's look at this text real quick. Moses, burning bush, this whole encounter. Moses says, okay, I'm going to go back to the people that you've asked me to lead God, and I'm going to tell them about this encounter I had with this burning bush that was not consumed. And they're going to ask me what your name is. They're going to ask me, who are you? Who is this person that you have encountered? Right? When I go back to them, they're going to say, what is his name? What am I supposed to tell him, God? And what does God say back to Moses? God replies, I am who am. Now, if you're Moses, you're thinking, that was very unhelpful. <laughs> right? I am who am. And then he clarifies for him. It's okay, that was confusing. How about this? Tell him, I am. Again, highly unhelpful, I'm guessing, for Moses. Okay, I'm supposed to go back and tell the people of Israel, who's this guy? Yeah, he, he is. I am. What is God doing here? Everyone, God is revealing to Moses the very essence of himself. What do I mean by that? We oftentimes think of God as what? The greatest of all beings, right? The highest of all beings. If you have a bunch of beings or items in a room, God would be the one who's the most valuable, right? And I've used this example before. Let's just go through the order of items or beings in kind of a hierarchical order here for a moment. You have a rock. Okay, there's a rock right there. We talked about the rock here a couple weeks ago. Get a little bit better than a rock over there behind the cross, you have a plant. A plant's a little bit better than a rock. Why? Because a plant is living. How do you know a plant is living? Because a plant can also die. We know what dead plants look like too. So you have a rock, then you get a little bit higher up in the scale, you have a plant. Go higher than a plant, what do you have? A cat. Go higher than a cat, what do you have? A dog. <laughs> Sorry, cat lovers. 
Go higher than a dog, you got a chimpanzee. Go higher than a chimpanzee, you have us, human beings. Go higher than human beings, what's the next level? God. And God is the highest being in an order of beings in a hierarchical way. Everyone, no. No. If our understanding of God is that he is the greatest of all beings, we have limited him to being created, not the creator. God did not create himself. God is not the highest of all beings. So what is he? Thomas Aquinas would say that God is being itself. Let me translate that for a moment. That God is the source of all being. What we're trying, what I'm trying to present here is the very nature of who God is is far more transcendent, far more higher than any mind or heart can ever imagine. He is not the greatest of all beings. He is the source of all being. He is being itself. That's what it means for Moses to hear God say, I am who am. I am the source of everything. So where am I going with this? Everyone, we limit our understanding of God far too much. God has a certain transcendent value that we have to respect and honor and acknowledge and admit. But here's the incredible thing. At the same time, this God who is the source of all being, this God who is totally transcendent, and our minds are like, whoa! Also knows you. That's the catch. This God who is transcendent and is the source of all being in this account with Moses knows Moses' name. What do we call this? The imminence of God. That God, St. Augustine would say, is closer to you than you are to yourself. Let me say that again. God is closer to you right now than you are to yourself. So God is both transcendent and imminent, meaning close to us. Okay. So remember when they say to Jesus, who are you? And the chief priests who know the Jewish scriptures so well says, who are you? What does Jesus say to them? I am. Why do you think they put him on a cross? He took on himself the very nature of God because he is God himself. Jesus says, I am who am. Jesus then claimed everyone the very nature of God. And guess what meets in Jesus? This transcendence and this imminence meets perfectly in him because in Jesus is the coming together of the divine and the human in a perfect form in the person of Christ. 
And it is he who calls you and I to conversion every single day of our lives. And conversion first consists in changing the way we think, in changing the way we think about God. God is far beyond anything our minds can imagine, and yet he still knows us in an intimate way. And that God you and I profess is Jesus the Christ.